Be brave enough to fight off despair. If you're a Gundam pilot, a new type, you can do it. Welcome to New Time Flash. This is a podcast where every other week we come to you with Gundam, Universal Century, in a more or less chronological order. This week we are coming to you with uh, Evolve Episodes 9 and 10 and talking about some uh, PlayStation game called Zeta Gundam. Um, with us this week we have Scotty P. Hey. And Luke. Gundam Evolve feels like a random jump at this point, but... You'll see it makes kind of sense. Everything yeah. Kind of makes sense. Yeah, one of these is, is questionable, but that's fine. It, it's fine. It's something. It's content. And hey, you know what? After this one, I can finally put that Evolve disc away Yeah. for the first time. And I don't know how, since however long we've been doing this podcast. It, I mean, these are the, the, the two we watch for some of the higher quality ones though so there's that yeah it all still looks very dated but it does look very dated but you know what specifically it reminded me of i don't know if you guys have played it there's a video game for the playstation i think it was playstation one it's called galarians and Mm -hmm. the animation room i don't know why but i was getting hard flashbacks to that uh, because it was like CG, but like also still kind of cell shaded, but it had that kind of like dreamy, like washed out quality to it that we kind of see throughout. Uh huh. I don't know why, but it reminded me of that game. Hmm. A lot of the stuff that Sunrise cranked out in this, like, you know, the early knots, if you will, has that PlayStation 2 cutscene quality to it, including Igloo. It just looks like a yeah, pre rendered. Yeah. Cutscene. Yeah. And these, the, I think these were both 2005. If I had to throw the number at them. Was it, was it that late? I, I would have thought it was earlier than that. No, it was five or six. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. All right. So let's, uh, let's jump into it. Evolve episode nine. Um, we, we really just jump into seeing uh, this red Zeta in the background. And we learned that, uh, from this guy that's walking and talking around, that uh, they are re-optimizing the Zeta Gundam with a new pilot. Um, and they they kind of talk about it in the background. We learn later on that this is, um, you know, some uh, what's what's the name of that company? Uh, uh, Anaheim. Yeah, Anaheim guy that's kind of so, talking about this stuff in the background. But I'll make it a note. I'll make a note before you move on. It's not the Zeta, it's a Zeta. A Zeta. I don't know yep. if we've ever talked about, um, but they, this is kind of showing us the like mass production side of these specialized suits. Um, there's three. We see three pretty much right off the bat, right? Uh, and stop me if I'm going too fast, yep, Scotty. We see three in three different colors, which it seems to indicate that they have different loadouts or different packs or whatever they call them. Or they're, they're like yep. the prototypes to the mass mass of all, uh, productions. So these are just three Zetas, and I didn't look up the specific details. They mention another one. Um, they mention a gray one, which is I think the Zeta plus A one. I want to say maybe the C, it's the, there's also the A one and the C one, which aren't shown, but they mention a gray one at some point, and that's I think I want to say the C one. 
And I want to say that shows up in Unicorn as like a cameo. Yeah, um, the the gray wolf guy, I think is his name later on. He, he yeah. like in his little thing, he's like, yeah, I'm going to order a whole bunch of the gray ones. Like, <laughs> yeah. So I guess we should say, though, that there's this like this opening narration bit with this character, Yuri Ajisa, who is yeah. the pilot of this red one. And you learn through this dialogue that she's the alternate pilot. And hey, how about those wireframe nipples right at the start? Yeah, yeah it was like vector graphic nudity, which actually is exactly what I wrote in my notes. <laughs> <laughs> nice, um, nice. Yeah. So like the first thing you see is she's kind of doing a uh, dear diary moment yeah. inside of the cockpit. She's transferred to AUG and says her objective is to meet that man. And she's thinking about a, a her past and a hand reaching out to her that she didn't grab. And yeah, then we go into uh, what we have is it starts going out an elevator. We got a couple of guys enter. They're kind of lightheartedly arguing. You get the first mention here. You talked about the loadouts. They mentioned the red Zeta having a psycho neutralizer, which they, they don't explain at all. Yeah. They, they didn't mean. explain what that means. I, I, what I think what I interpreted was, um, it's implied that she's a new type, right? Right off the bat. It doesn't say, it doesn't confirm that right away, but it's implied that she's a new type. I think it's meant to avoid new type freak out kind of stuff and help regulate their new typey space wizard stuff happening. I don't know. That's like the best I got. Yeah. And that's, I think more than it actually ever gets explained. So I, yeah. I can go with that. And, and the name of her suit is the red snake. Yep, that's right. And now, so was that her call sign, or was that her suit designation? Because it seemed I like that was the suit. call sign. I thought that was the suit because they they name e- each of the suits. I think. Well, because They're... because we later see the other two call out call signs, and I don't want to spoil it, but one of them uses a call sign that I think it's used in other places, and I don't uh-huh. think it was re- referencing the suit. Right. I think they're both. Uh, one of the things you'll you'll notice is. Well, you know, I didn't, I didn't actually note this if it applies to all the characters, but there are names that are not used a little bit conspicuously. I think because this is in a zone of like questionable canon, like is this real or not? Uh, but, I see what you're saying. Yeah. Uh, there's a lot of winks and nods, but it's very obvious who some of these characters are. So the guy that's in a normal suit talking to the guy from Anaheim about the Zetas while they're on the dock. So that's the first thing you see after uh, Yuri, that is Shin Matsunaga. Um, he was the Zeon ace known as the uh, white wolf of Zeon. Now he's the uh, gray wolf. Apparently. I don't know he's because he's yeah, like, he's probably like 30 years old at this point. So, <laughs> <laughs> Yep. Yeah. Just, well, you know, yeah. Um, he, was the, but, he was the white wolf of, of something or other, Scott, right? And I think Scott when Lawrence. he switched over to AUG, when he switched over to the AUG, he, he became the Gray Wolf, right? Ah, uh, okay. Yeah, I don't. I'm not super familiar with the character. I know that it's someone that has he has his origins in MSV, uh, which there are several characters that that do that later make a jump into uh, other works. Uh, for instance, if you played Code Fairy, uh, Killy, the captain or commander of that unit in that. Uh, is originally from MSV, and that's the first thing to flesh out that character. Yet it's a character that you know just got something in a video game earlier this year, late last year, that had been around for like forty years. Um, 
to that Shin Matsunaga. Now he actually does make a reference though. So the other, the other Zeta is red because he says something about how Johnny's no longer viable. And he's talking about Johnny Rudin. So obviously yeah. they weren't were going to have him pilot this and did not. Now you might remember we actually encountered him in one of the manga that we read. I think it was in Thoroughbred. Yep. Uh, that he, we he made a saw. cameo. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. He's yeah. got his own whole manga series still running. Yeah, he's got multiple series, doesn't he? Yeah. Yeah. yeah it's like crossbone. It just keeps going. <laughs> um, yeah, I haven't read any of them. I wonder if they're good. Yeah. Um, they're still yeah, going. They must be okay. I don't know if his series are still going or not, honestly. It wouldn't surprise yeah, well, me either knows. way. I think MSVR is still going. Okay. I think uh, the last I looked, it still was. But no one translates it, though, so. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. Yeah, so they they did mention here that they were they had a tr- trouble retrofitting some of the stuff into the new suit, um, and then Gray Wolf is uh, complaining about the suit colors. To which the Anaheim guys like, no, listen, listen, this beam coating is totally legit, and it's all because of this color. It's totally like you get gold, and it just bouncing beams off left and right. Yeah, I was unclear if this was a paint scheme thing or uh, they put something on it that made it that color and the and Grey Wolf didn't pick that up, you know what I mean? I think the Anaheim guy was implying that the the beam coating made it that color, but we we painted I, I, flames I, on it to to make it faster. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, the tone of their conversation, it's unknown if that it's one of those things where he's joking around about it. Or if it's serious, I'm going with joking around about it. And yeah, it's just a color scheme. I, I it, it came off to me very much like, yeah, we painted it this way because we wanted to paint it this way. Deal with it. It, it, <laughs> it was a beam coating thing that's never stopped them from painting stuff before. So I, I agree. I think it was a joke. Well, I mean, also, I think the Hyakushiki that we, we saw at one point, the Hyakushiki had the gold coating, uh, which was mentioned that it was like an, an higher level beam coating at one point. So this could be like some variation of, of the Hyakushiki beam coating. Like it doesn't explain why they're all different though. No, it doesn't. It just made me think of those lines from Zeta where they rib on Quattro. Like all the suits you pilot, the colors become popular. I wonder if gold will be popular now. <laughs> here they are trying to sell uh, Shin on this gold ish. It's okay. more like a yellow orange looking suit. Four vaginas drove it. So you should. um all right so we see amuro walking around on the deck now as well um and he meets up with uh shin matsunaga um and um our our yuri is kind of like looking down and observing him and she uh you know kind of freaks out but starts having a flashback um, yeah. it, it cuts to like when she was a kid, it like cuts to a church and there's a funeral going on and then she's standing there um, and we get really very little context of the fact she's at the funeral and she goes, mom, take me with you. So apparently well, they're, mom they're carrying a casket up like some steps or something. Yeah. They're carrying it up to the church for like, yeah. I guess for the yeah. service or whatever. Um, and she's like, mom, take me with you, which implies that she like wanted to be with her mom. Right. She's a little yeah. girl at this point. Um, and she, I guess, runs away, runs down, whatever, what have you. Um, and then 
almost gets run over by Amuro. And it cut back to a scene during the one year war when he was like driving around haphazardly in his like dune, dune golf cart thing. <laughs> yeah, he's just driving in a dune buggy. He has to like swerve to miss her. He's, and... He swerved to miss her and then stops. And she's like, cr- like collapsed on the ground, like crying. And he runs over to help her, offers her a hand. She like kind of just looks at him, like gives him a dirty look and says, so he's like, all right. So he gets up and leaves. And yeah, then he's like, yeah. Apparently oh, wow. she regrets that and then sought him out. I want to make a note though. The Gundam wiki about this episode, it like talks about the different characters. It's like, Oh, we've got this character. We've got this character. And then we've got the white unicorn, which is believed to be the legendary Amuro Ray based on his physical appearance, personal logo, military ranking, her memory of him being Amuro, his location uh, on side six during the one year war. And most importantly, um, his voice actor being the same. And I'm like, how do we not know it's him at that point? <laughs> I need whoever wrote that to take a step back. <laughs> Think about your life. <laughs> they and pro- they probably like originally wrote it was Amaro. And then like somebody like net picked it, like look in the credit, oh, it was not credited as Amaro Ray. <laughs> I'm, I'm sure that's exactly what happened. And that's what I'm saying. You really yeah. need to like step back and I don't know, watch oh. something else. <laughs> And the next line is his Zeta Gundam unit is the same one that Amuro pilots in the CGI film Green Divers. It's white with purple stripes plus Amuro's signature A symbol on the left shoulder armor. It's like it's it's like this is as this is as definitely Amuro as it could possibly be without us actually calling him Amuro. It's Amuro Reya. He's a women's golf coach. You know, I tried to get him on Mari to find out if he was the dad or not, but he just wouldn't show up for the show. I made a joke about Mori last night when we were watching House of the Dragon. <laughs> and I was like, this this Allison Hightower is trying to get everybody to go on Mori, and they're like, we don't care. <laughs> we do not care who the father is. You're all bastards anyway. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, so Amaro drives away uh, after almost hitting a girl. Um, and then we get back and... To, to current time and both Amuro and the girl have a new type flash and uh, Amuro runs to his suit for the incoming enemy. Um, we learned that they detected a psycho ship. Have we ever seen or heard of a psycho ship before? No. And this is where shit gets really weird in this one. Fucking strange. Yeah. It's a good thing. She had the psychomu neutralizer or the psycho neutralizer for the psycho ship. It works great for her. Um, yeah, so they detect a psycho ship above their base in Scandinavia. Uh, and we we learn that uh, the white unicorn, uh, a.k.a. Amaro Ray, is, is going to be a pilot. Or that's his code name or the suit's name or whatever we want to say at this point. Um, the psycho ship we see taking out a bunch of AUG ships. Um, the first visual we get of it, it looks like a floating pyramid. Uh, we get a second visualization of it later, and it's a, it's like a fucking floating diamond. It's a floating double pyramid with like yep. with like Egyptian eye symbols on the at the points. It it, it looks kind of like something out of uh, Evangelion. It's a boss from Star Fox. You know what? Yeah. I was going to say it was a boss from a SquareSoft game. Yeah, that's fair too. All all of the above. Yeah, <laughs> it's a Xenogears boss, and it. Yeah, that's what that's why it has the little 
like dollar sign Illuminati pyramid eyeball thing at the top. Yeah. So the, <laughs> so the white unicorn and uh gray wolf, uh, fly in there and they start flying through the debris field um and the i don't know i guess we'll call it keep calling it the psycho ship uh launches a bunch of suits and funnel like things they're not exactly funnels but they function essentially the same as funnels uh and we get a pretty cool like space battle of like both of these guys wrecking stuff and getting pressured and seeing some suit battles it's it's pretty good um, and then, uh, the red snake launches, uh, a little bit after that to join the ba- battle. Yeah, um, yeah. They make a comment about how, um, like, like Amaro and gray wolf launch, uh, and they make a comment about how the red snake is like not a hundred percent. I don't know what they said. Calibrated or something like that. Yeah. It's like only like 50% calibrated. So it has to launch a little bit later. Um, well, they, as they, they go to the very beginning. beginning that they were having problems retrofitting some of the stuff onto the suit. So I'm, I'm guessing that's like yeah, part of pro- probably. So, um, well, they launch and they're headed towards it. And Amro and, and Shin are like heading towards it. Shin's like, Oh, shouldn't we wait for the red snake, uh, for red snake. And, uh, Amaro's like, eh, it doesn't, oh, he said something about the psycho neutralizer. He's like, eh, it doesn't matter. It's not going to make a difference. Yeah. <laughs> now, one thing that we, we did skip over that, pyramid ship thing does launch these little drones out. Yeah. And those are like, there's like eight, 10 little attackers. So it's basically having those attack Amaro and Shin while uh, it kind of gives them some supporting fire. And those little ship things, whatever it sends out also just look like generic PlayStation era shoot them up villains. The heads look a little bit like the beast machines tank or toy, which is something only I would recognize. Um, but the, uh, there was actually another thing here that after the red snakes getting prepared to launch, which you mentioned, uh, this is where I, I had forgot I'd taken the note on this. So gray wolf is the pilot call sign. The, that suit that he's in is the buster Zeta, or at least that's what he calls it. Yeah. Yep. That's yeah. They mentioned that right at this point. Um, so the, the girl senses that gray wolf won't last long in the battle. She, I, I forget what exactly she says, but it's like, oh yeah, he's got like 30 seconds to live or something along those lines. Yeah, she says, yeah, I think he won't last long. I don't know why I think that. <laughs> um, and then we see what the psycho ship is being piloted by. And I'm assuming this is a bunch of like, Neo Zeon space wizards. It was like Thunderbolt cultists with hacker wizard powers or something. They were weird. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. The the closest thing I can think of is the super weapon at the end of Victory. Except these, there's only six people and they're conscious and they're trying to look like super hacksaws. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, there's, like, there's like six of them around the table too, right? Like it, 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 there's an inexplicable number of people around a round table that are seemingly all simultaneously controlling this thing, which by the way, we didn't talk about, but I looked it up. It is called the Geminus. Hmm. I prefer the Geminus from G unit to this. Um, so the girl we see uh, like a side profile of her, she is hooked into her suit very much like, 
to me, it looks like similar to like uh, uh, Iron Blooded Orphans, like some of the pipes going into her back. I don't know if that's like just a function of this psycho neutralizer or what, but it, it was pretty I weird. Think so. they, they didn't indicate that it like was physically attached to her other than like her suit. <clears throat> yeah, they just showed it a few times and it was it was it was odd. Um so yeah, she starts, she gets engaged in the battle. Uh, she gets hit a handful of times um, and then gets kind of like knocked out. And we go, she like goes into like this um, black and white version of the show where she also loses her clothes. We get to see gray nipples and um, she floats into the psycho ship's uh, core and uh, the wizards start downloading AU data from her naked body. And- I want to make a note that this was a weird moment. She like <laughs> got, she like had a new type moment and then kind of passed out. And then like when she, her eyes closed, she was like floating into this orb. I, so it was the, like they were hacking yeah. her mind or something. Right. That's the best interpretation I can think of is so like we see this pyramid thing turn into pyramid bot, right? And it transforms into a more robotic form and is fighting her and basically grabs it. And when it attacks, it breaks that like hair curler dome over her head or whatever it is. And that seems to allow them to like, uh, take Downloads over her mind or something. Right yeah. Yeah. And, and I don't think she's literally inside of the thing no it's she's her, not. her she's mind not, is, really not yeah there. it's like they grabbed her like new type mind or something it's 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 a strange moment um and uh once they get her in there they start downloading like information they're like oh we've got the schematics of what did they say of caraba maybe yeah uh, uh the caraba base yeah, yeah yeah so they got the schematics and they got like the lists of all the soldiers and they got like all kinds of different data that they were downloading you can see them like rapidly like 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 sitcom hacking the the data out of her yeah they're sitting there like oh the consequences will never be the same yep so they they triangulate and fire on the car uh caraba base uh which begins to fire back uh despite amuro and everybody being up there you see a whole bunch of like like surface to air missiles like pods they're not firing on a Caraba base. Um, no, they're firing on. Um, That's the Chakra New Type Labs, apparently. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, but you see a whole bunch of um, Sam pods come up, and they just start launching missiles up there. And you see the guy, one of the like guys on on the field, saying like, "Ah, yeah. Who cares if our guys are up there? Fuck it. We didn't need to take these guys out." Um, so yeah, they fire those missiles and then gray wolf decides to ram the psycho ship and blow himself up and doesn't really do anything. Incredibly stupid and pointless. <laughs> Even Amro is like, wait, what are you, what are you doing? No, I don't need you to show me how to fly ahead and ram the ship. I think what he's doing or what they try to convey is that he's saying like, Oh, well let me show you how, if like if you did this, you wouldn't have to like ram into it. You would be able to keep up with them and fight back. And Amro's like, "Don't no, you don't have to do that." But he can't even get that out, and he's like, 
just goes and, and, and you know, maybe, maybe it's just, he goes, you know, I finally get into a show and it's this, I'm just going to kill myself. Gonna kill, I'm going to try to kill these Zeon wizards in a blaze of glory. And it doesn't, it doesn't work. Yeah. He's like, I couldn't even get into origin in the background. Fuck it. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. So, um, Amaro just, takes out a whole bunch of the large bit things and dodges. And then the uh, missiles from earth start coming in and Amro's job becomes to dodge these things for a hot minute because there's so many missiles coming in. Uh, This is where the psycho gun or the psycho ship transforms into something weird looking like a mobile armor ship thing. It like starts like it has like a head and hands and stuff pop out. It is. It's, it's, it's ugly. Yeah, it's like a big zom, but like uglier. And I don't know. Um, yeah, and so this girl's having nightmares. Um, and Amro, like in the middle of all of this stuff, she's got like these little black demon things surrounding her. If you've watched Made in Abyss, it looks like some of the scenes from the second season where like these little demon thingies are like just sucking on her. Uh, and then uh, Amro reaches out and um pulls her out of the dream they so that scene we saw earlier uh where they were like reaching out like they grab the hands pulls her out and um she is able to fight the the zeon wizards you see the scene where where they were downloading her brain like her arms like slowly rise and it looks like a, a shiva picture or something like that one of those indian goddesses or whatever and the uh the diamond suit thingy goes nuts and starts blasting lasers and missiles everywhere. Um, but she deflects all the attacks with her psycho neutralizer. <laughs> okay. So, 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 so this thing has fiery, like this has like rocket powered fist action basically. Yes. And so it uses one of those to grab Amaro. So Amaro is helping her, through his new type powers, not literally. He is helping her mentally. Right. And when he's able to get through to her and she's able to start to fight, like you said, it goes like that. It kind of goes crazy, just starts firing like, oh, crap, no, kill it, kill it. And it fires its other rocket-powered fist at her, which I think this is maybe what the psycho neutralizer is. Yeah, is she's then able to uh, it. basically take it over. Right. Uh, so instead of these six wannabe new type wizards controlling it, she takes it over. And now we get very G Gundam for a minute because once she takes it over, she's very notably controlling the suit, like with her actual motions as a person which is g gundam all over it yeah uh i mean other things too but because this is gundam that's where my head immediately went and once she uh, basically re-attacks the pyramid bot with it hits it in the face and then has it like close up and destroy the head which i was just sitting there like say it Say heat and no, no. <laughs> <laughs> oh, 
Well, it's funny because like she, yeah, she pops its head off, and then it like basically goes back. Like the visuals made it look like it went and landed where it was originally attacking in the that base, the new type lab. Which but, is, like in my brain, canon, right? Like <laughs> they, they like attacking it. Like we're gonna destroy this place, and she like just like she's like, no, I'm gonna stop you from destroying this place. I'm gonna throw you at this place, and then like like a huge explosion happens. It just wipes out that whole area. It's like rip. <laughs> yeah. And you have to completely forget everything you know about how the rotation of the earth works in relation to things that would be fighting in space above it. And then also falling down. You just, you just forget all that. Nothing is moving. It's just flat. And they just, okay. Yep. yep. <laughs> Yep. Uh, so she wakes up uh, naked on a, a Buddha statue and uh, stands up with, you know, some cloth wrapped around her while yeah. a plane flies in the background. I think that's the white unicorn in Wave Rider mode. Probably. Probably. So you didn't get the sense that when she like, woke, she like passed out, woke up on the Buddha, was wearing like Buddhist garb or something like that and then you see Amro flying away in the background that he like put her there and like <laughs> fuck off bitch you blew out the I, I don't know, <laughs> I, don't know. I, I was the, like I knew that wasn't the intent but that's definitely the feeling I got when it, when it happened this is I, your you punishment know, for destroying the new type lab <laughs> I th- I'm let's take another step further Amro was impressed said hey you could be my girlfriend today and then afterwards was like all right let me just drop you off at my apartment. <laughs> and then, you know, roof eater or something and dropped her on this Buddha statue with nothing to wear, but a, a ribbon. And then was like, all right, I'm out of here. That sounds legit. Yeah. This is look, th- this is questionably like canonical anyway. Um, to me, all this serves as like here is one possible reason Amaro didn't do anything during double zeta because as soon as they went to earth he went and did this bullshit um, yeah it makes sense he some uh, sort of pseudo test pilot like fighting from earth every once in a while it's it. you know it it's the only thing that that I know of, you know, maybe there's a side manga or something that goes into all this, but it's the only thing I know of that gives any explanation for what he was doing other than not being involved. There's a, I, I haven't read any of it yet, and I, but I think a decent amount of it's been translated, but the, the Pulit, the Amaro Pulitzer manga that just came out, I think that, I don't know if that covers any of his earth time or Zeta time stuff. No, the, I don't remember where I've read up to, but it was at least, I think the first six or seven chapters did not touch on any of that. Nothing. Is it good? Yeah, yeah, it's good. It's not a heavy read. Like it's a pretty quick read and better or worse than Haman as an OL. I haven't read Haman as an OL. (laughs) I'm going to go with better. Just, (laughs) All right. I mean, one of these things is a gag manga and the other is, is not. So. Yeah, that's fair. Um, all right. Evolve, episode 10. Um, so, 
We are right after, sometime right after Double Zeta ends. Um, and the Jupitris is heading towards Jupiter, um, as it is wont to do. Um, and we hear Judo, and Judo's talking, doing his thing, uh, being an escort with the Double Zeta for the Jupiters. Um, they detect some sort of funky container. He is in the Double Zeta GR. Yeah. Did they ever say what the GR is? Great. No, I'm going to go with uh, no. It okay. is the <laughs> mobile suit Double Zeta Gundam. <laughs> All right. Grand Reconquista. Okay. Anyway, um, it, it basically, it's the Double it's Zeta. The Double Zeta yeah, <laughs> um, but with the back, it's it's basically just has a big backpack that has extra thrusters and propellant tanks. Okay, that's yep. that's all this is. Um, yeah, so he, he he's they detect a container. He's like, "What is this? I don't know what's going on, but it looks legit. Um, it's on an intercept course with us." Um, yeah, he mentions he has the ZZGR, which basically looks like the double Zeta. And 3D, um, maybe that's what it is. Like they they added a dimension to it, I, and they're like, we need figured to figure it out. It's the yeah. double Zeta now with great range. <laughs> maybe great uh, range. Uh, yep. Yeah, so Rue shows up on here. She doesn't look as much like a 1980s fangirl as she did before. Um, I, I will note the 90s fangirl. The CGI of the people in this looks really, really old and dated. Yes, at this point. Yes, the the actual like suit renderings are pretty good for this one though. Like well, that's where the, it's that's way better than the last episode. That's where the money went. And I also yeah. want to note about the way that they animated stuff is they put a lot of effort in animating the suits, and you can tell that they were like constrained by either technology to animate it, skill to animate it, or budget, because there were a lot of points where they would like not a lot, but there were a handful of points where something would be happening, and they would like cut away so you didn't see it and then it would cut back after after it happened so you didn't have to actually see like they didn't have to actually animate the thing happening yeah yeah they yeah (laughs) um so ruto tells judo that there's a container with a present for him that uh he needs to go pick up um and she's mad that he can't find the present that she gave him. Well, and he's like, that's oh, around here in my suit somewhere. Don't worry about he, it. He saw the present float up and was like, wait, is that, it's too early for the shipment that I'm waiting for. Rue comes on. They talk for a little bit. She's like, did you get my present or did you open my present? He's like, wait, that was from you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, we hear some voice in there and there's like this, this back and forth banter that apparently Rue is like just hijacking the comms channels illegally or something along those lines. Uh, and the, this old dude who's like the, the captain of the Jupiter's uh, ostensibly uh, says the container Judo detected is a unit with the initial M that is requesting asylum aboard the Jupiter's. Um, the now other listen, unit- listen, 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 listen. This other call starts coming in while Rue is talking and I need this to be very, very clear here. Rue tries to stop this call from coming into Judo by pushing it away physically pushing i it. i like was the, like what the fuck she's physically <laughs> controlling it's fine, guys it's fine like, is the windows 
I was like, what is happening right now? She's like holding it closed so it couldn't come yeah. up. I, I enjoy the comedy. Fine, we're fine with like beam cannons and like people using psychic powers to overcome like okay. nuclear missiles, but you yes. cannot push somebody's chat window over. She you didn't let me finish. In front of a webcam. And grabbed it, and so which implies that she was physically inside of his screen. Right. I was all I was saying is someone spent way too much time on an application that lets you like, gesture to push the windows around. That Elaine thought I was being a caustic nerd, but didn't let me finish talking. So <laughs> anyway. I think we're. I, I wanted to be a caustic nerd about it. I buy everything <laughs> right now. Uh, all right, uh, I forgot where I was at. <laughs> um, yeah. So yeah, there, there's a a container that has the initial M that is requesting asylum from the Jupiteris. Uh, and Neo Zeon units are chasing after it. The the call comes in and says that it the unit appears to be someone defecting. Yeah, and it's getting chased <laughs> by presumably other Neo Zeon units. Yep, yep, and it's uh, carrying a VIP. Yeah, who's never named. <laughs> um, so the Jupiter we find out is considered neutral. Um. Which I think previously it was uh, a Xeon or Neo Xeon ship, right? Because we saw a lot of Xeon people from it for the longest time, right? No, it's what Shiraco rode in on. Wasn't he uh, one of the pilots or for it initially? It was his ship, wasn't it? Yeah, the Jupiteris was his ship. And then... Now, what they're in right now is... You know, I'm thinking of... uh, What's the guy from the original series that was one of the pilots uh, towards the end of the show? The older guy? Charlie Bull? Yeah. Oh, you're thinking of something totally different. Yeah, Yeah, I am. You're right. Yeah, the Jupiteris at this point is a class of ship that is deployed by the Jupiter Energy Fleet. They are unaffiliated and neutral. They don't have anything to do with anyone. Uh, the stuff that Shirako gets into when he comes back on one, getting involved with the Titans, is also has nothing to do with Jupiter Energy Fleet. He was just, you know, doing shit, Shirako stuff, because he could. Um, so, yeah. All right. So, um, yeah, the Jupiter is considered neutral, uh, and we see this double Zeta with a huge jetpack on it back on its back. It reminds me of the the one that the um, the Zaku and Thunderbolt actually had on it. The Psycho Zaku had like the had the gin, most ginormous backpack ever. It was like three times the size of the Zaku. This thing was just a couple of extra like thrusters. Yeah, it wasn't quite as large, but it still like gave gave off those vibes to me. Um. So we we see a cubelet launch out of a container, like a, this like missile looking thing like breaks apart into like three or four pieces, and then the cubelet comes out of it. Um, and I actually thought that animation sequence was actually pretty cool. Um, There's a Dovin Wolf as well. Yep, and a Dovin Wolf, and the cubelet passes Judo, and he like 
you think they're going to drop something here because he's like, oh, this is weird. Like, you, he almost gets like a new type sense out of it. Um, but they never really follow up on this. But they, you know, start fighting each other. Um, and Judo, like, rams into the Cubelet and he's, like, pushing with his jetpack. He makes a comment, like, he's got to be careful or he's going to run out of fuel and not be able to get back to the Jupiter. He's going to be stuck out in space forever and be lost. Um, so it turns out he just decides to use all that fuel up to push the, the cubelet away, which turns around and flies. Yeah. Off. He immediately wasted it. Uh, just yeah. like having a pushing contest with the cubelet. Yeah. Um, yeah. And the cubelet just like turns around and flies away. And I don't think we see it again for the rest of the show. Um, and we do like, well, oh, we do. oh yeah, that's right. We do see it like for a little bit. Um, yeah, so Judo's kind of floating around. He's like, well, I'm fucked. Um, so then the Dovin Wolf comes in and attacks him. And um, he detects the uh, container coming from Lena. Uh, and it is the birthday container. And it breaks open. And you see, like, happy birthday, uh, Judo, written on it. Judo kicks the Dovin Wolf into the container, which knocks the Dovin Wolf out into space, and then the container splits apart. Yeah. And it has, like, B parts for the double Zeta. It's the core base. Yeah. Or A core base. Because remember, the other one got wrecked. He didn't even fly back to the Argama with it. Yeah. Um... Yeah, so he chases down the enemy suits and cuts them in half with his beam saber uh, and uses a high mega cannon to blow away one of the last, the, the Dovin Wolf on the Jupitress, which sounds really safe to do on top of a ship floating out in the middle of space with no, like, assistance. Um, and, yeah, he, he, he blows it away, melts it, melts it away. Um, Rue welcomes him back, and then we get an overview of Elena explaining that uh, she has sent the B parts for the Double Zeta since all the A parts didn't survive from the original TV show. Um, and we learn that Rue gave Judo a cake, but he keeps not opening it. Um, but he finally gets back inside the Jupiter, opens it up, uh, and uh, says, what is this? Is this a pancake or is this a, a cake? This sucks. He asks if it's a pancake, and the uh, the implication here is that he was flying around and it got thrown about, and it got smushed. Yep, <laughs> yep, it got it got smushed. Now we do see the cube leg in multiple times. Um, one of them is as he's like right after he links up all the parts together, you see that landing as those other pursuing mobile suits approach. And then so you have your fighting stuff now. Um, and then he also, after he blows up the Dovin Wolf, sees the cubile after it's landed and notices that the cockpit is open and the occupant has, has left. And then right before the thing about the pancake, um, you know, he's he's talking to Rue. He's not paying attention, but it does pan. And you see one of the pulls, pull two, presumably, but... Who knows? Um, there are several of them looking back over at the uh, double Zeta in a, and she's in a normal suit or a pilot suit standing on the deck of the uh, Jupiter's. 
and that's that. That's that. Very exciting. I think the yeah. next time you judo gets a mention is like in a crossbone manga, and he's like sixty or seventy years old. He's old and still just a fighting space boy. Yeah. Uh, there's a. I had sent you guys the link, but the this is just based on the credits for the episode that they based the Double Zeta, Cubelet, and Dovenwolf uh, 3D models, not the color schemes necessarily, not exactly, on the figurines from Gundam Collection DX2. <clears throat> These were little 1-400 scale trading figurines released in late 2004, and this episode has, uh, I think, a, a 2005 copyright or something or release date. Yeah. So that makes sense. This was partially a promotional thing for these little uh, trading figures. Yeah. I, one of the cool things, and I, I'm looking at the link you sent um, there in Japan that they have, I don't know if they still have them or not when back in like, I was there around 2005 ish. Um, and even after that a few times that they have um, little machines where you can get all these little collectible whatnot toys for basically like a dollar. You put in a hundred yen, you turn it and just like a a gumball machine or something like that, you get a little cheap toy. And this looks like something that would come out of that, which is pretty standard. That's yeah. They have those at like Barnes and Noble now and they had them at think geek before all those closed. Um, no, the difference is you have to basically like go up to a register and buy mm-hmm. a sort of novelty token like thing that you then go and redeem in the machine. Hmm. That's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like those little collectible nerd things. It was, it was a nice way to waste money. <laughs> All right. So um, the. Zeta Gundam PlayStation game. Let's let's talk about the ending for Char that we have here. Um, this kind of, uh, and I think this is why Scotty suggested doing this one was this is very much a setup for Char and his motivations for for Char's counterattack and all of that versus like the kind of one eighty we see without any sort of like it's not a great setup for it, but it's more than what. It's it's better. What I can say is it's better than the literal nothing. Yeah. That is otherwise present when you get to Char's counterattack. So, you know, whether or not this is another thing that's like, does it count? Does it not? This is one possible ending of a video game. Eh. But like we have not covered other animated things in video games. If we covered video games that had animated sequences as if they were real, we'd probably still be on one year war side stories. Oh yeah, for sure. Uh, and and we would have had to learn Japanese to even beat these games. So yeah, cherry picked. Absolutely. Does it count? Maybe. Is it good? Your mileage may vary. Yeah. yeah. That's fair. That's a fair assessment. Yeah, I'll put I'll put the link for this in in the uh, show notes for anybody that wants to click on it. Um, but basically, it's like the 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 end scenes of Zeta. You see, um, kind of Camille at the very end, and Char just kind of like watching on. I don't know if disgusted is the right word or frustrated or 
It's it's hard to say. Uh, he's just kind of observing and based on what he observes determines that people suck. Yeah. He's, he's like, Earth's gravity ruins everything. I'm sort of like, that's for one, how do you even see what's happening? <laughs> it's just flashes of light in the distance to you. And like second, like you just got your ass kicked, but you're just going to get out of the wreck of the Hyakushiki and stand on it. Like it's no big deal. <laughs> and then also like, this is, this is what it, it took. Like, and then you just stood there and, and fucked off for five years. Okay. He literally stood there for five years. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I just imagine like him just like stewing, floating around in space, like with his hands on his hips, standing on the Hakushiki body, just kind of like rotating out there and just being like, all right, fuck it. I'm going to throw an asteroid at earth. <laughs> well, so what's implied though, because of the next scene, we get some swan imagery and you could overthink this swan imagery. And I did overthink this swan imagery. So let me tell you what I overthought about it. it would we refer to this as swanagery? I or? like it. I like that. So this swanagery, you've got, it's a scene that's clearly like inside of a colony, a lot like what we saw in Zeta when they uh, are on a boat, like Camille and Rosamia are on a boat and they're like, you know, they got uh, um, Haman and Maneva in the background. They got like, you know, it's one of those requisitioned mansion cottage things they're in. So you see a setting that looks suspiciously exactly like that. And you have two swans leave this pond and, and go in one direction that's away from the mansion. And Char is kind of overlooking out a window inside and sees it. And you see that he is with Maneva in there. So the implication is that he has met up with her and is laying low for a while because he's wanted for murder. But the overthinking I did was that the two swans represent Amaro and Lala going in a different direction and he's chosen another path. Maybe, but, but uh, Amaro is not dead. Shh. <laughs> new, new type connection swanadry. It's, it's it's statements like that, Lane, that make me believe that you think that this wasn't planned out from the start, that they just made it up as they went along. And then it had to continuously retcon stuff. And then, kind of <laughs> started, and then just kind of started forgetting what they wrote. You would think, like, why, how, why would they do that? Because but, swans but aren't weighed down by gravity. They can fly. They so can really, fly. They can literally <laughs> overcome gravity. The thing we haven't really addressed in this episode though is if Gund uh, Thunderbolt is canon or not based on Char's mustache it's, canon. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> it's the most canon thing and it's the only canon Amro's not even real <laughs> the pyramid bot from Evolve 9 10, whatever it was. That's the true. Everything we see after that is a simulation. That was the, uh, that was the true villain of the universal century. They, they were running simulations on the hacked data that they stole from uh, Yuri. 
that fucking yeah. pyramid just reminds me of like I don't know, like all of those cabals, like like think of Darling and the Franks or something like that, where you like you have these like people out in space that are like kind of controlling things. Even you know Evangelion again, like the you know these shadow groups that are controlling things. It's it's these fucking like like cyberpunk hacker Xeon fucks and a space pyramid with funnels. That's that's what it is. Whatever. Anyway, so we see that brief scene, and then we see some other scenes with Char and this Neo Zeon people, and you see him at the end, like, you know, making grand gestures, and he's in his Supreme Commander <laughs> uniform, and it tells us it's 0092 or whatever. Okay. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's like, gives a nice little timeline of basically leading up to, to the movie. Yeah, I mean, the, the whole thing, it gives you a few bits of imagery and it gives Char like a paragraph to explain himself ahead of time. Uh, we'll talk about it more when we get to Char's counterattack. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Cool. I, I can't believe we made 50 minutes out of this stuff. <laughs> we always double whatever it is that we watch. It's fair. Hey, yeah, look. The Pyramid Bot episode was a whole, I think, 15 minutes. Yeah. The one with uh, Judo and Rue was 12 or yeah. 13 or something. So, you know, it's just That's these fair. are a little meatier than some of the clips that we've watched. Yeah. yeah, for sure. Cool. All right. You guys got anything else? I take that as a no. Nah, man. All right, see you guys in two weeks. Thanks for following along. Uh, it's up at New Type Flash Pod or wherever else we post our content. Thanks. Thanks.